0: good morning new eden today is december 4th 2022 and this is the federation frontline report i'm your host frozen fallout my co-host is samson who is back and uh ready to talk about some faction warfare shit how's it going samson
1: good morning new eden it's going great there frozen i mean uh, a lot of stuff's been happening in the war zone, and it's a, it's it's very active, and it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. Awesome! Well, we definitely have a lot to talk about today.
0: Um, we have two very special guests um, that I'm really excited to uh, hear from across the pond of space, um, over to the Mimitar and Amar War Zone. Uh, thank you for joining us, um, Ryan Buell, Buell of the Unbe. Buell- ...of Unlimited 2.0 Corporation and Infinite Pew Alliance is on the side of the Mimitar. And we also have Odysseus um, Alicar of the Calibrated Chaos Corporation. And the um, local is Primary Alliance. And we're going to be talking about the changes that have come to Faction Warfare and hear um, about what's going on over in their war zone. Uh, so thank you both for being here today. Um Ryan, how how are things going over in the Mimitar?
2: Oh, I'm I'm loving it. We've had a massive influx of activity, especially for late US time zone where, you know, a good on a good night we'd have ten or so people on comms and in fleet, and that's that's been boosted to fifteen plus on a very regular basis. Yeah, a bunch of people to shoot, everybody's out, you know, doing stuff. It's been a great time.
0: Awesome, awesome. And uh oddy or Odie, Odie, right Odie, how's Odie. how's it going man
3: it's going well just like ryan said i think the influx of activity is pretty amazing uh to give an example our militia is sitting at 163 it used to be around like 70 or 80 about this time of night so uh that's a big testament to how many people have come back
0: yeah i've noticed the same exact thing um that uh like our our uh chat was is normally around like before the patch it was like 50s sometimes, um, would be all of Militia. And uh, that has hopped up to um, like 200 people on average, it seems like. Um, And Grissy, thank you so much for the follow. Um, Yeah, so let's kind of get into some of the the craziness that's kind of going on here. Um, So Ryan, um, how do you feel about this expansion? Was this, if you had to grade it on a one to 10, um what what would you give this and why
2: i'd probably give it a nine just because if it's a 10 there's no room for improvement And there's always room (laughs) for improvement but at the moment like i cannot see a downside i very much was not a fan of the t2 meta like especially on our end we had a lot of lower sp people trying to get into it and like the barrier for entry was huge and that's been completely eliminated um yeah it's it's been fantastic all across the board
0: Awesome, awesome. And, um, Odie, what do you, uh, what would you give it on a scale of one to ten? I'm gonna
3: come in a little more modest of like a seven. And the reason I say seven, I think, is there's there's still a lot of mechanics that we have to see how they flesh out in the long term and just how long, uh, this lasts. I think the biggest mechanic for me has been the battlefields. So we were fighting over those constantly in the war zone, and it's been such a catalyst for, uh, for combat. Like my Z Kill today, all of that was in a single battlefield. Um, so I think there's some really great improvements. I do like getting away from the T2 meta. I think that was a good change as well. And it certainly uh, made us have to revamp our Doctrine. So a lot of good changes, but uh, we'll see how it how it pans out.
2: Yeah, I will say that, we, at least on my side, we almost had to revamp nothing because most of us were flying T1 or Navy stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you about that. I mean, we might get into this a little bit later, but yeah, you guys seem to have to rework quite a bit. and I'm curious how that's affecting you guys.
3: Uh, yeah, I can answer that now unless the host yeah, wants to interject, but... Oh, uh, no, go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of our doctrines um, in Locals Primary work T2, you're right. Like the Sacrilege has kind of been our go-to workhorse. Um, but I think with some of the bonuses that the faction ships received, it made them a lot more viable. And so I don't think the concept of how we're designing our doctrines has changed. Just the ships that we're using are different. Uh, for example, we're using the Prophecy Navy issue. It's just, you know, it's a tanky battle boat just like the Sacrilege was.
2: Yeah, I am a little a little frustrated, like, out of out of all the new stuff that we got and the changes that everybody got, the Amar scale the best. And you guys were already really, really good at fleets, and then you were also given the best tools for the job in particular. it's like uh, <laughs> not a super big pain point, but ooh, that's a hard nut to crack.
3: Yeah, you guys had a good thing going with that Deimos doctrine. Um and I don't wanna give you guys any fitting advice, but uh, that was working out well. A lot of the what, what the complex warfare had turned in for the Amar Ka- uh, Mimitar were uh, E-War mids, so both sides would come in with either deimoses and Sacrilege, and then we just jam the pants off of each other, so it kind of put an RNG quality into our fights, so I, I enjoy where we're just coming in and blowing each other up now instead of jamming half of each other's fleet every single fight, that was beyond frustrating.
2: Yeah, and on my end, I'm very late U.S. time zone, so I actually didn't get to experience a whole lot of that. Most of that I would consider, like, East Coast or even EU time zone participation. Um, We, like, we didn't even get to see your... I didn't personally get to see your Sacrilege Doctrine. We were dealing with, like, Deacon Magus Doctrines. Like, that's what we were messing around with, and those were not that much fun to fight either, especially because at the time, we didn't have... Like, we were being outnumbered and outshipped at the same time. But I think, like... What I've experienced in the battlefields is a lot of T1 Logi Augur, and then Augur Navy comps and we've been using those new um, Cyclones and those have been working out pretty darn well and it's just try to punch you in the face harder and faster than you can punch back and like the trading is like you know we're, we're bleeding on both sides but we've been able to eke it out a couple times which is actually a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, and it's uh, it's still very important who gets in that complex forest. It's a big advantage to be able to maneuver your logistics away from the opponent. So uh, that's that's remained very relevant. And it, the Navy AUG, I actually like going back to the Navy AUG. It's a very classic ship. We used to fly that religiously. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just cool to get some of those old ships back in there. Like
1: uh... I like baiting with the Navy AUG. It's yeah. one of my favorite bait. It's like it, it's a got battleship tank at least before the the um, roll bonuses. But like it's ridiculous yeah it's a lovely ship
3: from the tar side how are you guys um so you're kind of late u.s uh how are you guys adapting what what kind of doctor changes have you made or or what's your vision to to go to like i know you guys have the typhoon fleet um why don't you guys scale up to battleship i guess would be my question
2: um so a lot of these are going to be I guess a preface. I'm more. I'm very much a line member. I just have a lot of enthusiasm to talk about this kind of stuff. I have poked a couple people, but you know, they're not. They they didn't give me. They gave me very broad, um, kind of feelings and impressions. So I can't speak to uh, certain doctrines per se. I but I I can speculate that a lot of our players are not very like they're mid SP at you know for the most part. So I think a lot of it is cost and what people are able to fly. Um, super late USTZ, we're diehard small game kitchen, uh, kitchen sink. Like initially that was out of necessity just because again, we did not have numbers prior to the expansion, like nowhere near yeah. what you guys could bring. And, you know, I'm even sure that, um, that's one of your slowest time zones. And we had even less than that. So as far as adapting, we've been, we've had a couple people come in that have more skill points and are flying some slightly bigger stuff. Like we've been fielding, I don't know, three to four battleships at a time with some, like, you know, cruiser back, you know, support here and there. But for the most part, it is just like always, just kitchen sink, throw, just throw whatever we're flying at you and see what kind of comes out, which is honestly what I prefer. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah,
0: it's, it's I
3: think uh, for, go
2: ahead. Uh, saying that, you know, I think to a, a large degree,
0: one of the beautiful things about Militia is that, um, The idea with faction warfare and having, like, a general militia that, like, has a large amount of people in it that are active and doing stuff is the coordination is extremely hard in faction warfare. Um, It's because you're, even if you have a hardcore good group of people, there's always going to be the the rando that you have to um, account for. Um, and, and, and then it becomes one of those more of a secluded, like the more secluded you can get your fleet, the more, you know, that you're just running with your corporation, your alliance, or, you know, people that you, you have built a relationship with, and you don't have the general militia being involved in it, um, creates like a barrier for that, but can improve your, your fleet quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know, that's, there's so many times that, uh, having the thing that I love though, about, battlefields and the stuff that's been going on recently is that it is up to the level of participation by unbelievable amounts with the randos.
1: exponential you know
0: exponentially it's it's getting much more uh you know that you want to have randos you know you want to use them for something um, i think that moving forward a lot of this is uh, at least from like the galente point of view is that we've been building more of a you know try and Build up your base, your core people that have your stuff, and then just bring the randos along with you mm-hmm. know, and they're going to be your sacrificial lambs that are going mm-hmm. to feed a it's little quality. bit to the enemy. Uh, but you might be able to get some solid kills off, and uh, your core, you know, is, is going to be able to hold out against what's going on.
3: Yeah, I think that's, um, so for the Marmalish, I feel like we get, we get less people just coming in. It's always kind of been a smaller group, which has necessitated some of our doctrines. I, I think they're like uh, Spartan doctrines, like it's all built around heavy tank. We're going to sit still and we're just going to blast. But for like long-term EVE survival, that's one thing that actually brings me back to the war zone because I spent a good good amount of time in Nullsick as well. But uh, I think Fashion Warfare is really a gateway for new players. And the opportunity, specifically with Calibrated Chaos, is always to try to involve as many people uh, in the Faction Warfare process as we can to educate them, but also be friendly to new players who can come in like knowing nothing. Um, like I think I've got my uh, fleet explanations for how to find a broadcast, how to anchor up all that stuff like down to a T. But getting those new people involved is is very important to me because I, I, I do want to see the low-sec Faction Warfare grow. And if you're a new player watching this, please join Faction Warfare. Calvary Chaos is recruiting. Um, we'd love to t- show you the ropes.
2: Yeah, and I will say the counterpoint to that: if you don't like anchoring up and just pressing F1 when the FC tells you join late US time zone mm-hmm. min because we don't do <laughs> we do some <laughs> of that, and that's but that's a fairly new thing as far as far as I've seen. I mean, I've been in the war zone two, one and a half, two years or something like that, and like I think I've been on more organized fleets since this expansion came out than like the whole year and a half prior.
0: Yeah, that is something that I find really interesting is that especially with battlefields in play now. Um, I really see a lot more like uh, the Galente were much more about being like you would have a dispersed standing fruit that was just doing shit you call people in to help you maybe kill somebody um, you know you find a battleship that's roaming around um, so it's like okay let's go fuck with this guy um,
1: uh, yeah and, I mean I do that enough when I find a battleship roaming around and just kill it myself <laughs> <laughs> but I think that one of the big things is that they um
0: they've changed it to the point where organizing is a lot better now and on a small scale and on a big scale um there's it's because of the five man plexes you get kind of the rando um which i think really works really well with teaming up with randos and sometimes it's crazy because like i've come you know been in a uh, plex with like two other randos that are not in fleet with me we're not even chatting to each other and then like three other enemies end up, you know, on the other side of you know, you can see them on D scan, you know that they're probably enemies based upon the what local look like right now. And and they come in and it's like, okay, are these actually guys going? How are we gonna, you know, like team up together? Are they just going to leave because they're scared? And you know, you gotta you gotta make some more chances and stuff with randos, but there's like this meeting up with people and stuff like that that kind of just organically kinda happens now um you you know throw invites and fleets and try and get them in but the the whole concept of like battlefields and stuff like that has really organized us to like okay we have usually an organized fleet going around um more often now than than i feel like we did in the past um how have you guys been like is battlefields like a constant thing that you guys are doing or is it very time zone based
2: I'd say 100%. So you we've heard about this in nullsec a lot where a lot of the big blocks keep saying it's like well we need something to fight over, right? Like we need that conflict driver. Well, Battlefield seems to be that conflict driver in faction warfare so far. Like like you said, like it's a it's a reason that, you know, we're we're not in just frigs anymore. Like it's it's actually worthwhile to bring out some bigger stuff, getting some more organized fleets because the re- rewards are great. It it does push the system quite a bit. It affects um What's that thing called? Advant- the advantage system, like, it's all there. So it's, I don't know, it's a really, really good good addition. Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot of pirates.
0: Um, and that's, yep. that's one thing that, uh, it, it drives all three, you know, even if you're dominating, I've seen it where, like, we've had 50, 60 people that are in fleet, and a 20-man drake fleet shows up and just decimates us because we're not organized, we have no you know, like head structure, half the people aren't in fleet, half people in fleet aren't on comms. Like the bigger that you get, the more chaos org- that you try and organize can really allow for like a small group of people um, that are heavily outnumbered. And that's something that I, I heard people complaining about when, the, when this expansion first came up because they couldn't use their T2 Logi um, you know, that there's, there, you can't use any of the T2 stuff, so it's harder to punch above your weight in the sense of, you know, how how you can kind of organize stuff. But I feel like Battlefields have kind of brought that back into skew. But I feel like we have more, like, Kaldari and Galente seem to have a lot more that are just going, like, we consistently are seeing, like, 60 people that are, you know, trying to accomplish, um, a task or, you know, 50 um ab- the above 30 mark for sure is usually what we have inside of our battlefields is that what you guys are seeing uh so like odessia with what, what what's the mr point of view on this
3: yeah so locals primary is uh more u.s oriented so uh like that we just did battlefields like right before i hopped on here we closed one and we had two big fights and our fleet was chilling at about 54 people i think the mimtar had close to 60 in their fleet um so yeah i'd say we're seeing similar numbers and uh yeah those battlefields are just like you said, the rewards are are great, so there's a good reason to do them. So I think CCP really nailed it in that regard.
0: How is your guys' LP store doing with with the changes here? Um, are you um, are you guys actually being able to make the uh, thousand ISK per LP? Um, is that something that's pretty easy for you guys right now? Or are you guys doubling that? How is how is it over in your guys' land? Mm,
3: I'm not, I'm not too sure for Amar. I haven't paid close attention we were never too bad but i know players for example have like hundreds of millions of lp uh, our big push as the alliance though has been to transition most of our capitals out from uh, the tech one to the navy version so I, I suspect most of our players lp is going in that direction
2: yeah i i can't speak exactly on the um minmill side because i haven't heard about what a lot of people are doing but if i had to guess we are not seeing the same benefit i think like our our dread is great except for it's mostly for small game kind of stuff it doesn't it doesn't scale super well in fact almost none of the stuff that we did get seem to scale super well maybe the thrasher fleet but I think, honestly, the Amar are going to come away from this the best because all of their stuff seems to... I mean, with the buffer tank nature and they got all the range bonuses, like, if if a sec entity or any big group is going to build a Doctrine, it's going to... I think it's going to be the Amar version. Interesting. Yeah, we
0: have
3: benefited from the Napok, That's uh, as a Doctrine that made a comeback recently. So uh, when they lose a Napok fleet, those will go way up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the one thing the Galente to a certain degree. It's interesting because um, it's right now, it seems like if you're turning in LP for ISK, it's, you're going to want to focus on like destroyers and the battle cruiser that came out recently because the, the Myrmidon is really good. Um, the catalyst is a fun um, definite ship. That's getting quite a bit of use. It seems like out there. Um, and I definitely, um, I mean, right now we're sitting at like the, the BPC used to be at a, like when it first came out, you could sell pretty easily at like two uh, thousand isk uh, per LP, um, which turns battlefields and stuff like that into just millions of isk. You know, hundreds, hundreds of millions of isk worth of LP that is just pouring into you. Um, but I've been seeing that a lot too, where we're just converting. Um, at least for like the Federation Frontline and a few other alliances that I've seen out there, have definitely been converting a lot of that LP into ships. Uh, that we're going to use, and I think that yeah. that's that's the one of the brilliant things and one of the, the huge things I like about the discount that we get on BPCs for these is that it becomes much more affordable for us to actually field all of these f- faction ships that are fucking awesome, and it puts you at the top tier of what you can really do in faction warfare besides the advanced sites. Um, but all the battlefields are, are navy restricted. Um, and I think that that was one thing that surprised a lot of people was that you can't take a garmer into a large navy plex. That you can't take mm-hmm. a advanced destroyer, you know, a uh, tech two destroyer into a um, small, you know, like or a uh, medium or a large. Um, and that kind of I think that that upset a lot of people um, so uh odyssey, what was the uh, odyssey uh, bleh, 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 odie. Odie. odie odie um what what is it like for the amar with the the losing of tech 2 stuff was there a lot of complaining at first with that or was that was there because it was a real big surprise for a lot of people or did you guys were well aware of this change before it happened
3: so uh, every single fleet, we still have people that hop in their T2 ships and then we have to remind them they have to get out and then we have some complaints there. But I, one thing I appreciate about locals primaries are very focused on on the health of the game. And I think we all realize that that change is, is healthier, even though we had to revamp almost every single one of our compositions, um, the faction ships. Are, are great ships though so we filled that in pretty well and i think we like i said we're, we're using the same composition theory we're just changing the ships that we're using it on but it's the same uh, same style
0: okay yep and uh ryan what, what is how's the Mimitar feel has there been complaining about the uh the, the fact that you can't really use any tech two ships at all
2: uh, well, I'd just like to, I'm not an Amarian, but I'd like to leave us in prayer, thanks be to CCP Aurora, <laughs> you you are an angel. <laughs> um, no, on my end there's been no complaining, because kind of like I alluded to before, we, we didn't really have very many prominent T2 doctrines to begin with, we were already using all the Navy and Tech 1 stuff so no complaining almost no changes even on the eu side i haven't gotten like super hard information about this but even like on uh, eu tends to be uh, min biggest time zone so if anybody was going to be affected it was going to be them and i have not heard I've, i joined a fleet or two i think last weekend and there was no grumbling or complaining um it's it's more about us trying to adapt to what the amar are doing um Uh, more so than like oh we gotta rework our whole Doctrine uh, sort of thing
0: yeah there's I mean uh, on the uh, Galente side I feel like personally and on a uh, I I feel like a large sentiment um, out there in the Galente is that we're very happy with this change I mean getting rid of the Garmer is huge we we dealt with pirate ships a lot a lot of really badass the worm was just like a dominant thing yeah, in flew, our war zone I flew a lot of pirate ships <laughs> I flew a lot of pirate ships too the daredevil um, stuff like
1: that but then in- now, so that that I, 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 that kind of is kind of a little bit annoying that I, I, I thankfully I didn't have too many of those pirate ships I mean, most of my stuff was Navy because it's really easy to get a fed Navy Comet especially if you're in the Gal Militia you know but uh, um it ultimately, I think, as I believe it was Odie was saying, or was it? I'm not sure if it was Odie or Ryan. But uh, it's healthier for the for the war zone and for for partic- uh, participation in, in the game uh, that you sort of remove that instant dominate. You know, like because like the worm, the worm was uncontested inside of a, a novice. There, there was nothing you could do. Unless you, you know, if it was one v one, like it was worm versus, and I've had worm versus worm, and you know, that's that's a that's a crapshoot, right? But uh, I think it really it really helped it out because now you can just fly around in you know a navy ship and get good fights, like really good fights. It's it's almost always going to be like a, a comet versus a, uh, um, a a comet versus a comet or a comet versus a a hook Yeah, Yeah. you
2: might have to go on a small rant really quick. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. so we had a very similar thing in our war zone. And I still have a bone to pick with drones, just by the nature of, like, we can't really use (laughs) smart bombs. But, like, the barrier for entry, like, for the longest time, was in the smallest plex you had, like, it's 100 mil for the hull. And then, like, if you're going to bling it out, let's call it, like, 150 to 170. And then on top of that, you yeah, exactly. And then you, and on top of that, you have implants. So the, just to do the what was perceived to be the easiest, safest, most cost-effective plex in the war zone, you're looking at close to four billion isk just to just to not get you know your, just to make your engagement profile you know acceptable because of all the you know pirate ships flying around. And on top of that, like we didn't have just one worm. We had this one very. Particular Amarian who would have four worms to himself. <laughs> so, like, how do you 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 cannot deal with that? It was just un it was unreasonable for us, even in fleets of ten, to fight this one guy. And that's just no longer a thing. It's so refreshing.
1: Yeah, that is, and that, that's one of the things I think that made it that that makes it better and makes it uh, more accessible. And uh, we're seeing a lot more action. It seems now across, you know, all of the uh, faction warfare, all of the factions seem to be, receiving more, more, um, more activity, more combat, more kills. I mean, I'm all about kills. Like, I've I seen like an increase anywhere on all mm-hmm. levels. You've got
0: solo. You know, that I feel like is a lot more out there because uh, there is a lot more opportunity to make some solo ISK out there, but it's dangerous as fuck because all I need to do is look at the map and just, I can see there's five systems that I go to and I go check them out and see if there's anybody there and there's some, you know, you can... The command operations, like defense, offense, so maybe there's a little bit more, but they're all right next to each other in zones that you can easily just go pop around of like five different you know, threatened areas that you know are going to be dangerous. And if I don't catch anybody ratting um, or, or plexing out there, then I just go and start plexing, and I usually find yeah, that it within 10 minutes, somebody's going to fucking come and fuck with me. Like, somebody, pirate or a gang of people, or normally I'm seeing lots of 1v1, like a lot of yeah, people a lot that of 1v1. want to check things out. Just before I got on air here, I had a Kestrel that came in on me, I killed it, another Kestrel came right behind it, I killed it, as it was going down, and was just getting into structure, a, uh, a pirate comet came in, and I was like, well, okay, I'm in a Fed Navy, uh, uh, he was in a, a
1: hookbill, uh, hook bill.
0: it was a hookbill hook that the pirate was in, I was in a Fed Navy comet, no drugs, no anything, I'm just- Fed Navy
1: comet is a superior <laughs> ship to the hookbill. I mean, it depends. I've seen some dual-tanked
0: fucking craziness that that has gone on with, uh, like, drugged out, like... I've only lost
1: one... I think I've only lost one Comet to uh, Hookbill. And I've killed a lot of Hookbills in my Comets. But
0: but in any case, um, I, I was, like, already, you know, into, like, you know, using up a good amount of my charges. I still had most of my armor, I think, at that point, but I was like, fuck it, let's engage... And I was able to get down to that you know bare minimum, but it was like they weren't coordinated, you know i don't I don't know if they were all working together or not if they were, then they were really bad really bad. I mean maybe they were just sacrificing two kestrels in order to try and get me, but it felt very like organic the way that it kind of just all happened all at once and
1: uh and it and it could have been it could it could have been you know just three different people or one. Maybe the two keshals were together, uh, right? And, and the other one wasn't. But well, obviously the pirate wasn't. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's uh, no. It's, I mean, the, the pirates pirate.
0: have been working a lot with the Keldari True. and and with galente and with everybody now, especially on the neutral side of wanting to have somebody that can uh, shoot seagulls. Um, yeah. So,
1: so that's what I was gonna I was gonna bring up. I was like, I wanted to. We, we do have a problem now with seagulls, which are are you know not necessarily bots, but people that have what like a dozen accounts and they'll just come into battlefields or or into uh five man plexes and just take all your lp and they're on your side so like if you shoot them you you get really bad penalties um, this is with gal mill so i guess this is my my question posed to both uh Odie and ryan uh is how are you guys dealing with bots? and and or or seagulls or, or or lp thieves whatever you want to call them like it, it, is that is that prevalent in your um war zones that Let, let's uh so let's start with Odie.
3: yeah um the farmers are very interesting i think that's something we'll have to see how that plays out long term we do have some of that i like the term seagull i haven't heard that before um our strategy it's right now is to yeah, I think it's a good term. It's very it's very fitting. Uh, usually we've got a neutral alt with us or, or neutral alts that aren't in the militia, oh, and we'll help. just sweep them away with that. Um, but I think CCP does have to look at how, how or at least allowing us some way to clean these guys out because I think what's good about the changes is that by nerfing the missions and consolidating the fighting in fewer systems, it really takes the wind out of somebody's ability to just farm because one thing that will happen is like, when when the militia reaches this breaking point where it's time to change, the farmers are, I feel like, who actually make that change. Like, we'll lock horns with the actual alliances and fight over one system, but once you've got the farmers on your side, I mean, we can't stop all of it, and they just leave when you come in. So, I mean, you get this natural plex up just from people who aren't even playing the game. They're just there to run aside and leave um but i don't think that's as viable anymore now that the the primary systems you're fighting for have been reduced from the entire war zone to just a handful
2: yeah what do you th- yeah, what do you think true. ryan on that yeah and i think this might even be a bigger thing in my time zone because of the the scale of our conflicts are smaller so they f- like the people you know the seagulls feel like there's a lot less danger to getting involved or just kind of you know third partying on our on our battlefields and yeah, I guess the way that we've been dealing with it is standing hits, and we're we're approaching the point where we're looking at getting neutral alts to kind of take care of them. I think cool one or two solutions might be like limit the range at which you have to sit, because like these seagulls will just go into the you know into the battlefield and just burn off at a hundred, mm-hmm. and just you know just hang out more or less. And a lot of the time they'll get there before anybody and just hang out there and just wait for someone to run it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, another cool solution might be like so at the moment all of the rats kind of spawn in the three um kind of capture zones it'd be cool if there's like a fourth pack of rats that would just like just patrol more or less yeah rome you know patrol, that they'd yeah. they'd start at like 50 out or something like that and then just kind of go after people that are not just enough thinking. to discourage
1: like bots or people that just you know they just warp in warp out kind of deal yeah, because yeah because it would be enough like they wouldn't have to be like you know extremely hard to take out, and they wouldn't have to be like part of the interaction, right? Like you didn't have to take them out to do anything, or maybe maybe you do get a if you take them out, maybe you get a bonus, but um, like to the uh, timer. But um some of these seagulls have been idea. so
3: bold. The guy's name, the one I was dealing with recently, his name was actually Mister Steal Your Your LP, and I've yeah, seen yeah, a few I... times he's like, "I've got plenty more ships. I'm going to keep coming back." I'm like, golly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, they're pretty obnoxious. Grisu, nineteen eighty-four oh eight,
1: says the way they solved it with the Potchman sites was that you have to be in the fleet and do the most DPS to the rats to get the payout. That's um that might work in battlefields, yeah, but also There's a lot um, of random fleets other things that can, too, that are yeah. participating and stuff. Because there's... also you might you might wanna you might want to keep the other faction out and have some of your guys camping like the entry point and then they're not going to get any payout right if they're just camping the entry point covering the entry point
0: well have oh, so, so one thing i'm wondering is have you guys uh been doing this on your guys' side where we we take the uh ship and pull it away from the uh, the capture point
2: That's kind of a- and- uh there is there is a better way to do it. I don't know if I'm gonna say it here, but there we found a way to do it that is better than that one.
0: But in but in any case, like I mean, right now I think there's some there's there's a lot of that CCP needs to take a look at with Battlefield. Yeah. That that need to have some tweaking that need to come to it, um, because there is a lot of little gaming of the systems that everybody's doing on all different sides of the seagulls, yeah. the people running them. Um, or I mean, like,
1: like if you're bored, you can just go into a battlefield and camp one of the <laughs> the entry points, right? You know, <laughs> um, and get so, some LP. So I think that there's a
0: there's some definite room for improvement. I think that um, I mean, I think the big one definitely for the seagulls is to not allow them to be at you know, if you have to be within like 50 kilometers of the capture one of the capture points, basically, um, or on the uh, like entry points that they could you know set up a few different like areas or you know 100 kilometers around the battlefield itself but uh i think that that's going to be something that's uh going to be interesting I, I th- the more that we have people that are in faction warfare the more that you have to account for the, the craziness of what happens with randoms. right so rando calrissian is nuts like um, <laughs> he's he's possibly going to just shoot you because he doesn't fucking care, he's got a corporation built that allows him just to AWOX you, like AWOXing I think is going to be a big future problem for faction warfare, the more and more I see activities that are going on because as we get better at being able to kill seagulls, we get better at being able to shoot anybody um, mm-hmm. for the, the core groups, and then that'll bleed off to people that are just going to break away and be like, now I know how to do this you know activity of just murdering anybody that i see and and it's really easy to kill people that are on my side because they think that they're on your side it's hard to like do anything to combat them because you have to wait for them to shoot first unless you're willing to take that standings hit or you've built yourself up around this concept of being able to awox and so i think awoxing is is something that's going to become a big thing of the future For all sides, for randos, for alliances and stuff like that. Um, I think that we should be able to war deck would be a nice thing. Um, Just war
1: deck the seagull's corpse. Yeah,
0: you know, if they're in FDU, then it's a lot harder to stay in FDU if you're AWOXing. That's the one corporation that will boot you for AWOXing. Um, But if you built your own corporation or you're in a bigger corporation and they allow AWOXing, that's just going to be the future uh, which I think is going to be a problem.
1: Flexing is still boring. Na'wan ne- says uh, that's that's debatable. Uh, there are a lot more fights happening uh, in plexes now, I think. I've, and
0: I've, as uh, Adi was talking about, we have by pushing everything together into like the frontline systems, farming is a lot harder. Like, it's not the farmers that you're you're concerned about now as much as your own side's awoxing, seagulling type activities that are taking place now. Uh, because farming has become so much more of a danger that it, instead of just being able to take one, you know, uh, bot and just... in A lot of them weren't bots, they were just people that would just sit them inside of a plex and just go away and not worry about it. You could find plexes all over the place, go over to the enemy war zone if you're winning your war zone, or just do mission running and, you know, be completely safe, uh, not having to worry about anything, have a build set up that'll just allow you just to, I I feel like a lot of people are saying there's a lot of LP that's being generated right now, and I'm like, I don't think you understand how much there was people farming missions, especially if you were on a tier 4 or tier 5 run. Like, that's, yeah. that's going to be where... And they were making unbelievable amount. I mean, like, if you think a battlefield yeah. is giving you a good amount of LP. So on a two or five this, mission.
1: Like. Yeah, this kind of, like, distributes it amongst everybody rather than just those people that are multiboxing, you know, six jackdaws going through missions or whatever. Like, it's more accessible, right? To the point where individual players can benefit more. Smaller corporations can benefit more um, from the amount of LP that's coming out.
3: I think it's going to impact the LP market prices eventually. I think there's a lot of people with some big stockpiles that need to drain, but I think in the long term, um, without the missions being as potent as they were, we might see some of those prices start
0: to rise as things level out. We also got a lot more ships, right? Like, yeah, I mean, a lot we more to got, spend it on, yeah. Right, you know, yeah. and expensive fucking things to spend it on, even with the
2: discount. Did anybody participate in the... What was it freaking called I had to pulled up here? Um... The Mimitar Liberation Days. Anybody participate in those? Did not. I did not.
3: As oh, someone yeah. who prefers to do the opposite of liberate, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> this is, this actually might tie into that. So, like I am CCP. Actually, it was hitting hitting home runs even before the expansion. So, um, the way that these. Were constructed. It was basically kind of like the Christmas event, where it's usually like a three, you know, acceleration gate room system. But the change that they did to this one in particular is that um, one they added a, an extra gate so that you could skip the rooms, but you had to get a key, and but you got that key from exploration, so it added an extra component that other people could participate in without actually doing the, the sites if they felt like it. The other thing that they did was they started putting rats on the initial gate in space that would scram web and use, um, use E-War on you. And you the acceleration gate was disabled until you killed oh. those rats, giving you an, um, an opportunity, basically, for someone that was not about liberating to try and kill somebody before they got relatively safe i'm curious what would happen if they took that same concept and then applied it to the faction warfare sites but then it increased the rewards a little bit again
3: well those halloween sites that came out those were actually super popular with marauders and we got i mean it was constantly getting fights for the halloween sites that was perpetual um we have one marauder tackle another marauder we're sinoing in on each other uh, so those sites seem to work well, but it's a similar system to what you're talking about. I think the Halloween sites just had a better payout or or more popular for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, I think those were those were very similar. In fact, I don't know if one copied the other, but I know the min- the the Liberation Day was um, came out first. But yeah, hundred percent. I think that, yes, the Halloween thing was, I think was just more open to more people. But mm-hmm. if I saw that system going forward, oh, that would be so great. Like I'd actually be okay with. I guess you'd have to make the faction warfare missions in low sec and then include that gate mechanic and then maybe tweak the rewards up a, a smidge again that would be kind of cool
0: oh, that'd be interesting yeah i'm interested to see how they change up i think that they're going to do more with with mission running and um uh, they need to incorporate more stuff for like i like that there's hacking sites out there for everybody to do now um, that, you know, are, are integral in order to help with getting the listening posts and um, the uh, propaganda stations. Um, I kind of hoped that propaganda stations were just going to be something you plopped in space and then, like, it just started giving you advantage as long as it existed so I could go blow up something that was just anchored in space and get more killmails, but that's because I love killmails. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Same. one of the things I, I just want to point out real quick about plexing being boring is that it's supposed to be and one of the the reasons why i bring that up is because i don't want to have 20 ships that i need to worry about that are all shooting me with dps and having a pve tank a pve concept that i have to meld in and hope that i can use during pvp um the the capture points are supposed to be as boring as possible with still having you do something um and i think that Defensive plexing, I think, should go away. I think that that's the most
1: boring, right? Where you have no interaction, and you also don't rat. get anything um, from defensive plexing. You, like uh, now, yeah, you get you get something now. Well, I, I, dude, I, if you're in like a regular, like not a, necessarily a rear guard, but a, not a front line or, or a rear guard right. or whatever, and you're doing a, a defensive plex, you get like a hundred LP.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's kind
1: of by design, because it's about how much contested it is. So none of
0: those places yeah. are very contested, um, as they shouldn't be. Um, but if you're doing normal, like, uh, you know, a place that's 80% contested, you can make some OKLP. Okay um, but it's one of those things that, I, I think it's not as big of an issue anymore. But I think the whole, my point is, though, is that it's supposed to be boring, because it's about PvP. And that's what mm. they did with this expansion, is they made it a PvP activity again. Uh, whereas a lot of Faction Warfare was really, if you wanted to make money, you looked for the lowest, you know, deadest system that you could possibly find, and yeah, you farmed just farmed LP all day. Um, yeah, or the, you did missions.
2: One of The other thing, I've heard of a lot of people wanting stuff like scrams, webs, and other E-War introduced. The last thing I want to do in my PvP sites is have to worry about fitting... Like, I don't want the PvE component interfering with how I'm going to fit my PvP ship. I don't want that to, like, change or define the PvP meta, if you, if you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why they're high tank, low DPS. And I used to be on the side of wanting to have the, the rat scram just to, Because there was so much farming in Faction Warfare prior to this
1: expansion. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, mm-hmm. I don't see farming really going. I see a little bit... Um, you know, with the five-man alt fleets or the, uh, you know, a, a large amount of seagulls going out doing their thing. Um, but it's a lot lower than it used to be. A lot more people are engaging. A lot more people are out there to find fights. And it's a lot harder to just sit there and freely plex with in- immunity at this point. There is no, you know, going to a frontline system and there's zero war target. Like there's almost always a war target around.
2: To like, yeah. Do, do you yeah. mind if I uh, switch gears a little bit?
0: No, go ahead. Unless, uh, o- 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 Adi, do you have anything uh, that you'd like to finish off no, here? Good. All right. Yeah. yeah go, ahead
2: go ahead. Then, cool. I was just gonna ask, um, Odie, kind of. So in kind of how I alluded to earlier, where. You know, you guys were outnumbering us in late U.S. T- T- Z and stuff like that. We finally have numbers, and we've been very successful at pushing back. Um, and I guess in specific systems like Flossa not so much. You guys really, really came out for that one. It seems like that, or we dropped the ball. I can't quite tell what happened there, but like we've been making headway in other in other areas, um, specifically in my time zone. Do you know why that is, like? I, we've been seeing less Amar in space, and the a couple of Mar that I have talked to that I did enjoy fighting, they've actually left your, um, like, they've left Faction Warfare. They've become pirates. Like, can you speak to that at all?
3: Um, yeah, so Local's primary, we had a pretty strong uh, European time zone core, and this will tie into it for some of our time zone coverage. There was a divide in the Alliance, and, and people moved on to do what they wanted to do. Uh, I genuinely don't know too much about it other than that. So that, that sundered us uh, quite a bit. As far as the U.S. time zone goes, um, localist primary is focused on a lot of other things. There's a lot of assets to fight for in low sec that don't necessarily include faction warfare. So um, what I can promise you is like, when you get to somewhere that we don't wanna lose, we're gonna show up and uh, you're gonna have a rough go of it. But uh, until that point, um, we've just got some other objectives that are taking priority.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and it seems like your EU time zone, like, that's not the case. You guys are still going strong, especially, you know, fielding the bigger stuff. It's pretty darn successful. I am curious to see how that's going to go going forward, especially in, like, you know, Eastern Central time zone, because we've had a couple FCs come back, like Bear That Cares, for instance, um, that are going to be pushing pretty hard, you know, and actually doing coordinated fleets and stuff. And uh, (laughs) Let's not use today as an example, because I know that you were pretty successful, but, like, You know, moving forward, I think you guys are going to be have a lot more pushback than you maybe are used to.
3: Yeah, uh, from our side, I'd say we welcome we welcome the challenge Um, right before this change happened. You guys actually had uh, we were discussing this before we started, but you guys had a lot of momentum. um, And we were kind of getting ready to hunker down and, and lose the entire war zone. And then the changes happened. There was like weird calm as we all tried to figure out the mechanics. And now we're back to beating each other over the head. But um we were on the cusp of losing the war zone, and we've kind of recovered from that, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I do know Bears. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more fleets from him. I think he's going to find some pretty stiff resistance as we continue to field our compositions, and I think we just kind of got our compositions ironed out, too. We had a few uh, engagements where we warped in. Um, you know, I can think of a Scorpion Navy fleet we did. We were trying for the battlefields. Like we sh- we did a few rounds and we we're like, wow, this isn't working. And then we we left. Um, but now I think we've kind of got our compositions ironed out. We know what we want to fly, take you forward, and we're a little bit better prepared to start answering some of those uh, some of those calls.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot of Kaldari Navy stuff kind of introduced. Like I've seen more Scorpions in space than I have ever. Like that that seems to be one of you guys' like primary goes tos. Like the do you know, like, a lot of burst jamming in particular to disrupt, you know, logi and stuff like that? Do you know if you take a standing hit from that? Like, how do you how do you think that's going to go long term?
3: I'm not aware of any burst jamming on our side, unless it's potentially a neutral tune mixed into the fleet. But as far as I'm aware, you would you would take a standing hit as an act of aggression for that as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, because we were that was one of the it was eu time zone um was kind of running into that like they just basically have this ultra tank scorpion sitting right on the beacon and Mm. you know when we were warping in they would immediately just start causing havoc with logi and by the time you hold range enough to get you know cohesion back then you know we've we've bled enough that you know you guys would kind of take the field um Yeah. yeah like i We've been doing a lot of stuff around. It's not Asset. Like, I think Flossuswind and Asset might be, like, the last bastion for you guys. Like, even if we continue this push, but we've been having some great fights around. What are those other systems? One sec. Uh, kind of around, like, the Vard, Azura area, and, like, Camella and Llama. Uh, like, Llama flipped just the other day, if I'm not mistaken. Like, those have been really, really hot. Even in late U.S. time zones, it's been really hot fighting down there.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely... I mean, that's where our fights were today. I would say we're definitely chasing the battlefields more than anything. Like, we see those pop up, and and we know that's going to be content. It's almost a guarantee, so it, it's really easy for us to, to chase fights that way because we, we know for a fact someone's going to show up to run this.
2: Yeah, and are you guys... Do you guys have like a really big focus on getting um, that advantage system cranked up? Like on our end, it, it's kind of taken a back seat. We kind of get that as like a, I don't know, like there are people doing that, but it's not like a coordinated effort. Is that the same on your side? Or are you guys like really trying to coordinate and push using that in particular?
3: Yeah, it almost feels like it's not worth doing the normal plexes unless you have the uh, contest status up there well enough to actually make them worth it. Like, it's, it's almost a little painful watching how far the bar, or how little the bar moves without having the right advantage. So I, I would say that's pretty crucial. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe trying those deployables more. Maybe those need to be buffed a little bit or altered to make them more relevant. But, uh, yeah, normal flexing without the advantages, uh, I would say, unless
0: you're farming loyalty points, almost, almost worthless. I can say from yeah. the Galente point of view, we have done fuck-all with that shit, and we've been just kind of pissed Farmed. off about the... Uh, <laughs> uh, um, the supply depots getting blown up by the uh, by the allied rats has, has kind of put us off to it but i was looking around at your guys's war zone just for the first time since the new map by the way the new map is fucking epic oh my god oh so thank much. god like just thank you love to ccp for that um this makes it so much easier to look at and get an idea of what's going on and holy shit the amar are like a pushing advantage to like a hundred percent as much as they possibly can. And so when in Mimitar actually looked like you guys have pretty decent amount of, of amount that you're pushing that bar up. It's just the Amar have pushed it so much more that they're still getting large amounts of advantage it looks like in the system. Because it's 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 uh from what it looks like is that the end result of your advantage is how much you are beating your enemy in the amount of advantage that they have inside of the system. Um, and yeah, basically if you don't have advantage up the amount that you're getting for your victory points, shit. Um
2: Yeah, that's kind of why I brought that up, is like Amar, it, it seemed to me like it was a coordinated effort, because as you pointed out, like, they're really on that, um, yeah, kind of a thing.
3: Yeah, we've got an Amar Discord, um, I'd say most of the players in the Amar Militia have been here for a long time, so we, we've all flown with each other for like a decade, um, so we coordinate pretty effectively across all of our alliances and, and corporations to choose what we're doing and make sure that the actions we're taking are are relevant. And again, I think that's really by necessity because uh, I know in some time zones, um, we seem like we outnumber you guys, but from my perspective, we are largely fighting outgunned. Like how many people are in the Mimitar Militia chat right now, if you can share?
2: Um, that might not be. So I guess there's, there's not that many at the moment. Um, at least not that I can see. Are you talking about Discord or in-game?
3: Just the in-game chat, just as, like, a baseline player, because usually, from my experience, the mimitar will have double whatever BMR has active.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not in-game on my, my uh, team at gotcha. the moment, so I can't speak to that. However, what I can say is that, like, that might be a core difference between us, like corporations barely matter. Alliances barely matter in Minmill. Like, you know, we do have a Minmill Discord. That's just where everybody hangs out. Like that is that is the Discord. If you want to go get like doesn't matter if you're part of Ustracon or you're still using the Minmill Discord to coordinate and do stuff 9 times out of 10. Um, we don't we don't have that like I guess it's we are fracturous, but at the same time if you're going to be doing stuff, you know, we we do it as a collective no matter what anyway. Mm. Um I guess yeah.
3: Martha has a history of civil wars. It's something we've uh, we've got a lot of strong opinions out here. Um, it wouldn't be the first time we've gone to blows with each other. I've personally war decked other corporations before, but I think that's the beauty of the Amar Militia is we're a dysfunctional uh, unit, but we usually get together when it comes to beating the Mimitar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I can't. I, it sounds like in the distant past that used to be a thing for for Mimil, but I, d- I don't think it's been that way for a very long time. And the
3: galente, is you guys are generally unified pretty well yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: it's it's interesting because yeah i think that right now in the age of discord and stuff like that we have everybody's got a, their militia discord channel for the galente that's primarily what people use um and then we have like some offshoot like special ops kind of like the deeper the layer goes to, like, there's a team speak that we have that sometimes gets used that I, I personally don't ever really jump onto. Uh, but well, sometimes the more I, I used it in that it one gets,
1: fleet. Yeah, yeah, when the more, when more I got to fly that, that bar guest, I, I, I was in the team speak, yeah.
0: And then and then it goes to, like, corporation comms and stuff like that. Like, people running their own corporation uh, Discord, which we do quite a bit of, like, on our Wednesday night fleets will, will be a lot of the times using our own Discord yeah. in order to, to run our smaller operations.
2: And,
1: and it's been uh, a point of contention in the past when one of us has been, you know, fla- uh, fielding a fleet, and then, you know, we start to sort of, like, mesh with the uh, main gal mill, and they're like, why aren't you guys on our comms? <laughs> <was> like, because <laughs> I'm doing my own thing right now. You know what I mean? Like, but but like, yeah, we We're do... also... The, the federation front line is you know, we're more uh, privateers you know we're really kind of pirates at heart that have joined the gal mill so yeah we um, put our bodies
0: up on the front line for, for yeah death gwen and has been known to I mean. still do
1: certain pirate <laughs> activities that maybe get her in trouble sometimes <laughs> i gotta pay and off like, the
0: police right now so uh,
1: i'm a problem no, <laughs> i'm sticking to negative 10 right now because i i paid off the police to to, to like run uh what was it abyssals but it's not worth it like just lp's
2: fine yeah yeah like gate camp lifestyle i guess we kind of touched on this too and i guess this is for everybody yeah i'm curious how how this is gonna go in in your war zone too but like has there been any grumbling on anyone's side that the war zone seems to have slowed way down as far as flipping systems go like how's that panned out in your guys's um your guys's side of things because like it seems like minmill mill militia is pretty darn okay with it. No one's no one's bringing that up as a sticking point so far. I'm curious if that's true across the board or if it's just us. Uh, let it I,
3: I certainly I... don't mind. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. slower systems works for me. Um, I, I feel like it's more dynamic now, and you know, we have to fight in bigger ships because uh, right before the expansion, nice. we fought over those those uh, the systems with the CCP items in them. I mean, those those were a real slog. But we were almost exclusively in Friggs and Desi's, like, just all day long going into each other in Friggs and Desi's. So I think it's a lot more tolerable now that the system flip is slower, but the fighting is more dynamic.
0: I completely agree with that. That's uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting was I was in a lot of fleets at the very beginning of uh, the expansion. And at first, people were, like, taken aback. They They were like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on here? We're, like, not moving the needle. Like, day one... Um, you know, I was doing streaming, trying to uh, jump into fleets and stuff like that. Um, I think the fleet stuff was much more of like day two, but, uh, in any case, like first two days, people were like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucking weird. Um, and the advantage system was still being worked out and it still feels like it's being worked out a little bit of, but it looks like the MR, you know, you guys have learned how to do that. Um, but we're still learning a lot, um, on how to push these systems. Um, and I think that pe- some people got mad at first because there's, you know, if I'm a solo person, I'm not really, you know, helping the war zone anymore. Um, you could visibly, you know, one person could go in and like flip a fucking system, um, you know, if they were just dedicated enough in the old days. Um, and you can't do that anymore. Um, and I think that people quickly adapted to, um, I don't hear anybody bitching about it anymore because it, it's something that you want with this system is, you know, mm-hmm. You, you don't want to have a, a system being able to be flipped within a day. You know, you want it to be weeks worth of effort, um, especially if it's being defended. You know, th- that's something that really... Um, and it makes it worthwhile to have it sit at like 60, 70, 80% now for defensive plexing, because now when you go to do some defensive plexing, you actually get some LP out of the, the system um, which is why I think that they should just get rid of defensive plexing altogether. Just always be considered an offensive plex. This is one type of plex. It's got two rats in it. They shoot each other. They can't kill each other. As soon as an enemy comes, or player comes in, that you know rat goes over and starts shooting that player. But uh, in any case, that's that's an offshoot from from that. Um, the I, I really do think though that this is a huge advantage to to the way that this system is it shouldn't be easy to to take down a system especially if it's being defended and it should be you know a lot of work take multiple people um to really efficiently go in even if you kind of like hold down a, a system for a day with like a 20 man fleet now you're not pushing that you know you've got other objectives you got to go do too with the battlegrounds and that kind of moves you around gets you out of being able to just hunker down a fleet. And try and take a system now um, although it does look like your guys's side has a lot more places to fight over than our side
2: yeah that was one of the things i was worried about because as as a smaller gang or ish type person i was afraid that you know there wouldn't be room for you know a five man fleet you know to go fight with a war zone because in my head i was picturing maybe just one frontline right just a single one or something like that where you know that's where, because of the amount of people there, it wouldn't be feasible. But yeah, it's it, they're nicely spread out um, to the point where yeah, it's uh, that has not been an issue. That's been a it's been a pretty good surprise. And I guess um, to speak on what we were we were just a second ago, it also semi nerfs time zones. Like just a smidge. Like cause it always felt really bad that, like, say if you didn't have a late US or like an Australian time zone, you'd wake up and the enemy had made like f- you know fifty percent progression and flipping a system, mm-hmm. and there was nothing you could do because you just didn't have. Yeah, you know, that you was
1: know. that that was something I do not miss. Is like you would just, you know, like make so much progress. it's like we're gonna take this, and we did it a lot in the Toros. We're gonna take the system back, get it to like seventy percent, and then we go to bed and come back, and it's at zero. Uh, because we're just on the, you know, an opposite time zone, and they have their farmers come in and do it while we're sleeping.
3: What do you guys think about the frontline systems that are like permanently front lines? Uh, to give an example of our war zone, we have uh, like Amamaki right now is held by the Mimitar, but if the Amar took that system, it's going to remain a frontline. Mm-hmm. And the reason Amamaki is important is because it actually has a ton of industrial infrastructure held by like a neutral third party. So in the past, it's been valuable to own Amamaki to block the other side from that infrastructure, but we can't do that anymore. So it almost becomes irrelevant to even siege Amamaki because it's never not going to be frontline.
2: Let's that, be honest; that that was never fun to siege in the first place, though. <laughs> um, I think, I personally, I
0: think that this is um, a good change to to a large degree um, of depending on how how it kind of goes. So. The, the, so what it is is it's, if, it, if your high sec touches a low sec faction warfare spot or a low sec that's controlled by your your side um, that's not in the war zone touches a faction warfare zone, it will always contest it as being a front line because... But this makes it so that you can't technically, um, you know, if you took the entire system, uh, all of the, the systems, there would still be frontline systems to be had because technically yeah. there is a possibility we've seen it in past for both sides not in the new system of course um, which would be a lot harder but you could technically take the entire war zone and then de- and then make no frontline systems um, which would be a horrible horrible thing um and this makes it so that if if you're you know pushed your frontline all the way to the f- the mimetars fr- you know uh front door that they should have a front door system now there is um some problems that you run into such as like you said now we can't kick the the caldari out of tama ever which is not really going to be a big problem um for us um i would say that's the closest that we kind of have to like a special uh system that for them that could be always contested for us it's hey deliz hey will always be ours like we can always dock yeah. in, in our Fortizar's and our, our uh, player owned stations that we have. And with the new kickover of like, if you're in a backline system or a command operation system, you can't fucking dock at all in any of your player owned stations, except for with a pod. And you can't undock with anything except for a pod. And that's, that's a huge hit to creating a, a zone that makes it so that you can, if you want to put up your structures, there's a huge amount of risk but there's these systems that are never going to fall like Haulies hey we are always going to be able to dock there which has almost got made me want to move into Haulies hey cuz I've moved but it's i see that Amamaki would be an interesting one because that's one that you know if you wanted to kick them all out it's now impossible for you
2: to do um, I, I don't I don't see that like there's so much pirate activity there like it's almost suicide to drop a structure unless you've struck a deal to begin with like, I don't know. And there's a couple, if I'm not wrong, there's three structures, including a Fordazar or something like that. That's uh, it's reported. the Keepstar
3: that's mostly relevant, so you could uh, store you know, your Titans
0: and Supers in that Keepstar.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't, that's all third-party stuff anyway. So, I mean, it but doesn't now really they,
0: matter. I mean, before it didn't really matter because you couldn't really, really kick them out, right? Because you could dock and play your own station. Um, but now in the new system, you can't dock and play your own stations if that actually became a operations uh, command operation or a back line system, uh, rear guard. Uh, but that's not possible in this system either because of, of that change um, to make it so that it always is going to be a, f- a front line system if owned by the enemy. Uh, so people I th- see
3: the coalescing around those, those entry points, um, you know, as, as people maybe get pushed out of their home systems, now they have to have a structure or, or use one of these, uh, breach systems to just live in because they know it's not going to, uh,
0: to flood See, I think, and I think that creating a stable, like a, a stable concept of these are the places that you can live and know that you're not going to be kicked out of is very important. Um, the interesting part is, is that some people still live and are going to live in very dangerous, they possibly kick out systems like fliet is one of ours that is very possible that someday that gets flipped and we lose access to a lot of stuff that is very important to um ateron and a lot of other alliances that have set up shop in fliet um so you're still going to have some of those dangerous systems out there that you can live in but i think that just for the newbie kind of point of view and the concept of uh setting uh, setting up shop in LoSec, it was really dangerous in faction warfare before because you could get kicked out of your system um, if you were using the npc stations um, now you don't have you have specific spots that you you know that you can go to and set up shop and you're not as as worried about having uh, to you know have all of your shit just get kicked out if it's in an npc station
2: Yeah. Does that mean the Amara are gonna move out of asset and move over to (laughs) somewhere else?
3: I mean, uh, it. You know, like if if you take that and it becomes a backline system, there's not really a choice. It has. It would have to be that way.
2: Yeah, that's such a hard nut to crack, though. You guys are. You guys are very diligent at keeping us out of there, so that might take a while.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, uh, with the right challenges, if you get to the right places, like we'll definitely have an answer for you. It's. uh... Not going to be smooth sailing forever i think we're very pvp focused i think that's one difference our motivation necessarily to to engage in the fw mechanics kinds of kind of comes and goes depending on what we're trying to do uh like we, we want pvp that's what we're after that's why these battlefield sites are just so easy we just go find them and we just wait uh because we want to we want a pvp that's the the primary driver for us over capturing the war zone because like i said a lot of us have been in fw for a long time, so kind of the thrill of capturing the war zone has faded, and it's more about the challenge of the fight that's uh, motivating us. That's not everybody, but I, I think that's probably the majority.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think we're in the very same spirit of that. I guess the one difference is that we have had our stuff taken away from us so many times that anybody that felt like building up a real big industrial base uh, you know with structures and player-owned structures and all that stuff. They've more or less given up or left, so I guess that's why I'm kind of downplaying the effect that, you know, stuff, you know, being able to capture a system or, or not would have on us is that I don't think it really would. I mean, there might be an outlier here or there that I might not know about, but for the most part, no, as a, as a you know, faction as a whole, that's that's really in the back of our minds.
3: Yeah, I think your staging operations uh, are different. We don't have a high-sec staging, for example, but m- my understanding is that's commonplace for some of the heavier. The heavier fleets are going to come from high-sec around Boss Boger, like Damalin, um, as opposed to being staged somewhere in low-sec. But uh, you know, we're pretty much exclusively based in low-sec. But I mean, we we do target your structures. Like, when, when we're not getting the strategic fights that we want, that that's what we go after is is structures. Like, we had some POCO wars, but definitely any any deployable citadels are a big draw um just to create content within reason Fortizars are kind of hard to crack so we really have to be motivated to do that but
2: <laughs> yeah we've had pirates and you guys take that stuff out that we're pretty much at least i believe most of our heavy stuff you know i don't know of any of most of us that don't have caps or anything like that but like say if we're storing fleet doctrines or stuff like that when we do have them it's almost always in npc stations i think we've gotten smart enough at this point where it's not all in one spot. Like most mm. of it might be in one spot, but there's enough of it spread around that, you know, we're always going to have something somewhere. Cuz like I said, we've we've tried it before and it really has not worked out well for us.
0: Yeah, I do think yeah. that it's but... been a really awesome to have uh that you can dock in frontline systems because it just I don't know. Whenever I'm in, like, if I need to repair and stuff like that, like, th- this is where I'm going to be fighting. It's nice to have access yeah, yeah. to a station where it I'm going to be fighting. fighting. Yeah, I feel instead like instead of keeps having us to, into like the,
1: leave every time you take a bunch of damage or whatever, you can just go back right into the fray.
2: Yeah, and like one of our pain points fighting the Amar was the Amar did have structures, and they could always just reship in basically our you know prior to the changes a system we controlled, so their reship time was. <laughs> right sorry is basically instant where we did not have that same advantage now the playing field has been leveled in that aspect which is so so nice
3: yeah it was a big part of our strategic plan was to make sure we had docking ability in as many systems as we wanted to which was uh, in certain places entire constellations where we were, we would have docking access meaning we were guaranteed a drop-off for logistics if we chose to fight in a location
2: now, let me tell you we we're real bitter about that one <laughs> Yeah,
0: and this kind of changes it up so that, you, I mean, at, at the front line, you can still do that. But, uh, and you know, if you're trying to go behind the enemy's line, um, I'm interested to see what this will look like in a year or so when everything kind of, you know, because, like, the Galente already did it with, like, just going back. We, like, took, like, five or six systems that were technically behind the lines that, like, all we need to do is go, like, you know, clean those systems up. And then now we've got a real front line of, uh, you know, Nenamelia and, and Sujurento and, uh, you know, these are these are where the real front lines are, are actually being fought now. And it's like, uh, I see that there's, I mean, your guys' map definitely looks a lot different. You guys have, like, more, like, lengthwise space than what we it feels like we have um fighting over but it's actually less amount of space but it like takes up more map for some reason
2: (laughs) yeah i don't don't know about that one and correct me if i'm wrong but um they haven't implemented the changes to where you can be part of a different alliance organization and still participate in faction war yet have they
0: no, and that's that's going to be something I think that is going to be... Also, when AWOXing is going to skyrocket through the roof, yeah. and beyond unbelievable amount of AWOXing is going to be happening happening at that time. And it's going to be... Uh, I think it's something that CCP at first thought, yeah, this will be really easy, we'll just create a flag. And then they were like, oh shit, what does that mean in our game? Yeah, <laughs> like-
2: but like... I don't think the wave of participation is over. I think it's going to come in two. I mean, it has to come in two waves, right? We've already got the big influx just because of the initial changes. And then there's going to be a second influx of who the heck knows what whenever the big blocks and stuff can also come in. Maybe even not organized, but, you know, the players that are curious, just coming down to, to mess with us. So it might actually take something close to a year for this whole thing to kind of shake out and settle to see, like, you know, who stays and what the war zones, each, each war zone kind of looks like.
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot to develop um, and a lot to see just how this matures and how the doctrines adapt and uh, and and where it ends up being. I think there's, I think CCP should keep a close eye on it. I'm almost worried, like, they, they push this out and they're like, cool, we're done with FW, but I do think it needs some more some more tweaking and just some uh, attention as, as things keep progressing to make sure it's uh, viable and doesn't, you know, turn into an AWOX fest, for example.
2: Yeah, and if I had a guess, like, they kind of hinted that they're looking at this long term because they want to change nullsec in some way and they might take some ideas from this Mm -hmm. and i think i actually if i had to guess they are very excited to see when things scale up to like you know when we start using titans and carriers and dreads and like all that becomes more commonplace. i suppose maybe in the Glente, um you know caldari that's already the case but they're looking i'm guessing they're looking at those very closely to see you know how that interacts with each other and how it goes specifically because that might become the norm in nullsec or some of the ideas that they're looking at you know are going to be used for nullsec and they expect it to be scaled up to that you know the titan you know the super cap like level
0: yeah i, I definitely not uh, happening over in the galente war zone right now uh, i say that we're battle cruisers are pretty pretty solid for the battlefields maybe a little bit of battleships like smattering um lots of cruisers being used in the battlefields right now um but it is it will be interesting to see if they can adapt some of this stuff to 0.0 to make 0.0 a little bit more fun um like the the concept of having like front lines for the uh, for 0.0 and that they have their own type of like capture points that they have to do they have like yes or the uh is right now or not ESSs the uh Honoroses or whatever that they go around and use on their different sites which i think they have a much worse capture system than what we have um it's going to be hard to see how they change that kind of stuff up because i think that one of the unique things that we have in faction warfare that makes fighting fun is the ability to make money while fighting like there's really no other activity out there that allows you to pvp while making money
3: Yeah, and it's sustainable too. That's always why I loved Faction Warfare and why I think it's great for new players to try it out because just by being in a fleet, you're going to make ISK and you can sustain yourself doing this as opposed to other forms of content, like in NulSic, where you have to PvP and PvE to really get the most out of it.
2: Yeah, and when uh, somebody brought this up in a piece of media I was listening to recently, but... Like their mindset is one more risk-averse, but two, it's always just one or the other. Like you're either being super cowardly in PvEing, or you're in a fleet. There's no, you know, there's no crossover. If you're PvEing, you're you're never gonna take the fight. That's not where you're about, and that's you know something very unique about faction warfare is you you do, you can do that.
0: Yeah, and this upped it with the battlefields actually giving group LP because it was kind of that way before. If you were in a fleet, you weren't gonna be you weren't caring about making any LP whatsoever. Um, you know, you were, you were just, you know, there was 20 people inside of the plex who gives a fuck. Like they, I'm not getting any real LP. It's like the, the isk you get for killing a rat on a gate. Right. Um, but now with the five man sites, with the battlefields, um, the, the concept of making, um, and how quickly these like spawn now, the spawn rate has gone up quite a bit. The, um, there's new plexes that appear out of nowhere instead of, cause they used to have it tied to downtime so at downtime you could find a hundred fucking plexes inside of a system and you knew okay this is the time that i can you know at 5 a.m you know uh noon whatever uh, uh eve time like five central time like people can, can go out hardcore plex um but then after that all the plexes you know would be gone they didn't spawn back in a random like multiple you know it just had the the every time that you completed one a, a new one would come up like 30 minutes later right um so you had like the four plexes that constantly spawned for you um, and now they have this much more dynamic spawn rate that's happening um allows for really people to to make money while getting into fights with fleets with solo um and i think that this is this has been really healthy
3: yeah I definitely agree with that and I think uh again if, if there's new players watching this, like you can you can be involved in an impactful way in these fleets like uh every single fleet we've done for a battlefield, we always have a frigate wing that's acting as tackle. Um, scramming people as they enter the the complex is super important to make sure they can't get up to our logi, for example. so there, there's a lot more roles for people to be in other ships uh I think as well with 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 these systems than than there used to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, if all you can fly is a Punisher, like Control V, our alliance, my corporation, we'll set you up, we'll get you in a ship, and we'll get you into combat, and, and the bar to do that is pretty low.
2: Yeah, and even if not tackle, like, E-War is only becoming more and more important as we get more organized, like, freaking jamming out, you know, the opposite, the opposition's Lodgy is invaluable.
0: Yeah. no, I, uh, so have you guys switched over to T1 logies, or were you guys running T1 logies before this?
3: Oh, so yeah, we would have used Guardians almost exclusively. I don't even think anyone owned uh, Agor's prior to this expansion. Um, so yeah, T1 Lodgy's made a comeback.
2: <laughs> yeah, and on the min side, it's like, wait, you guys have Lodgy? <laughs> <laughs> yes! I know that there was some complaining with
0: some more organized alliances on the Galente side that were upset about not having T2 Lodgy anymore, um, getting really mad that they couldn't punch above their weight as as easily by having that T2 Logi. Uh, but I feel like T1 Logi is still really fucking powerful uh, and still does a really good job of, of keeping people up and keeping themselves up comparatively. But there's still death. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I feel like T1 or T2 Logi really allowed you to do the, like, I'm not going to die. And nobody's going to fucking and we're all just gonna dominate the living fuck out of this fight even if we're out number two to one it doesn't fucking matter because we've got a yeah. badass logic, and they have you know especially if we have enough of it and they don't have enough of it like we're just gonna eat through their shit and not we're not gonna eat shit at all um, with this new setup you're still gonna eat some shit you know some of your people are gonna die um, it won't be as easy keeping up everybody but you can still keep up people Pretty decently, and still, you know, if you're going up against somebody that doesn't have Logi, you're going to be doing a lot fucking better.
3: Yeah, uh, it's very important to position yourself appropriately with your T1 Logi, knowing that they're fragile. That's why uh, having control of the in beacon on a battlefield, for example, is so significant because uh, you can you can get your Logi away, which allows them to rep or forces the enemy to burn, uh, as opposed to having to warp your T1 Logi in, which will you know inevitably get one shot by the volley of whatever's sitting inside
2: yeah and like how many fights didn't happen because it's like oh they have six guardians there's no point now it's just like we might die but i bet you we can kill more isk than our fleet's worth in the process and like that yeah thank you ccp that is so (laughs) so nice
0: (laughs) no i agree that's I, i i think death and destruction should be the focus of faction warfare and i think ccp actually did a really good job of bringing that to the plate um People are are dying out there a lot, and both sides are taking their hits. Both sides are are able to you know get some good wins in, um, and both sides are able to actually you know keep on the battlefield and put themselves back into the battlefield. Now, um, even if you're just you know Rando Calrissian, who is a crazy fucker, but uh, he's he, when when you embody him and you can just jump into this as a new player, I think this a this is what you know. Really was needed as a good introduction to what PvP can be like, um, and be a career of PvP for you. It's, um, I really look forward to as things flesh out with faction warfare. That faction warfare becomes a place of, of death and destruction and mayhem and insanity that it already is building up to and has almost always been, um, but it's much better now and people are going to look at 0.0 and that's for where you want to farm and field your shit you know if you want giant super wars with your titans and stuff like that and you want to be able to feel you know farm your shit so you can have all that cool stuff um that's where you kind of go out and you build your sandcastles and you get them knocked over but if you just want to shoot people in the face this is the place to come and um this patch is uh, this expansion has done so much in order to boast or to, to really boost that up to be like this is this is where you want you can make some money you can kill murder and keep yourself There's in, in so the game so many
1: more nerds to shoot now yeah. and i'm happy <laughs> yeah. for that
2: I'd, I'd even argue that like so for instance i had a couple i think i had three accounts and i was living in a wormhole for a while doing um, pi just to make money I've recently spun a lot of those accounts back up again, and started poking and dipping my toe into um, industry. Like one, because the blueprints, you know, LP cost has come down, and for our war zone in particular, get just moving hulls down there from Jita is a nightmare. It's awful. So be cool to kind of build stuff for myself, not you know, kind of ease up my logistics. But on top of that, like I'm still I'm doing PI again in you know, kind of in the area I suppose, not in low Sec or anything, but like. I might start building stuff for profit now, you know, trying to feed some of that back into the war zone. So like, you don't even have to go out to null sec to make money anymore. It might take a little bit more setup and you might not do it as quickly in, you know, in and around the war zone, but there are opportunities like that where you can just, you know, stay within a certain constellation and not have to worry, just be pure low sec. Yeah. I've also, I've been playing this game for 16 plus years now
0: and, um, I never really got into industry, and now industry is something that I'm doing almost every day um, because I want, you know, to use, you know, the blueprints are really easy. The comets, the, the frigates and the destroyers are less mineral weight to take to build them than it is if they were fully built. So it's a lot easier to get those you know minerals into the into the low Sec system that i stage out of just drop all of my shit there and then just bring my blueprints over to there and just easily be able to build tons and tons of ships without any you know problem i don't don't need to worry about getting kicked out of the war zone if i had moved to a um we already stage out of a system that we don't have to worry about that but uh uh yeah there's i think that you know, industry, and I'm going to plan on starting, like, one of my things that I want to do is, like, get my staging system just to have everything that I need on the market so when a new player comes in, they can do the most easily, you know, what they've been taught the entire time that they started the game is to use the market in order to buy their shit. And I think that that's, that's something that is a lot more feasible in this kind of new environment that we've built here. Um and I really look forward to, to seeing more of this kind of expand out. Um, so we are kind of running a little bit over time here, but before we go, I want to make sure that I give a little bit of time to, to each of our guests to kind of give any shout outs, um, any kind of promotions that they're going to be doing or any, any projects that you're working on. Um, so I'll start with Ryan. Um, if you've got any, any shout outs that you want to give or any projects that you want to talk about, or, you know, Streaming, or if you do have a YouTube page or anything like that, make sure to get me links as well. I'll put them into the description of the show. Um, but uh, go ahead and just tell us, uh, you know, what what are you up to? What you doing these days? And any shout outs that you have?
2: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't really have a social media presence or anything like that. But I would like to shout out just all the new people joining the war zone or returning to. Like you guys have been on, on all sides, really. You guys have been a. You're making this so much fun, and I don't know, really really making this a good time and I guess shout out to Odysseus too for you know (laughs) coming out of the woodwork to come talk to us
0: awesome awesome and uh Odie um what do you got for us any any projects that you've been working on any any social media presence that you have out there streaming that you do or uh, any uh anybody you want to give a shout out to uh, yeah,
3: so I'll start with uh, Locals Primary. Like I said, I, I appreciate this alliance. It's uh, led by a guy named Michael Vector and some other fellows who I think are very conscientious about ensuring that the, the environment in EVE Online is positive. I've been everywhere from uh, brand new groups to uh, the bitter, bitter, bitterest elite PvPers. I came back this way because I, I do believe in faction Warfare and, and having a healthy alliance that's there to like bring people into the game in a positive atmosphere. And I feel like Locals Primary is, is very conscious about that. Uh, My corporation in Locals Primary is Calibrated Chaos. I just recently restarted that. I'll send you a link for an old YouTube channel. But if anyone's interested in joining us, we'd love to have you and watch some of the videos and uh, make sure I'm a bearable person and you can put up with the sound of my voice. And if you're interested in joining, I'd love
0: to talk to you. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on. Thank you all for watching. Um we'll go ahead and wrap things on up here. If you're interested in joining up the war effort on the Galente side, um, of course there's always Golden Age Stories. Um we run the Federation Frontline Alliance. Um go ahead and throw in your application with us. You know, everybody's welcome. We just want to get you out there, get you fighting. We'll get you some ships and uh we're going to have, you know, always have some fun out there. Um If you want to watch us live, you can catch us on Twitch every Sunday at 2300 EVE time. That's 5 p.m. Central Time. And if you missed the show live, you can always watch us um, or listen to us on our podcast, Federation Frontline Report. You also get that on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, pretty much any podcasting platform that is out there. Um, Also, check out our website, federationfrontline.com more information on our alliance, our podcast, and all the stuff that we do in EVE, as well as all the friends that we've made in EVE that if they have their own websites and stuff, we like to post that on up there. Um, so if either of you two have a website or, or something that you'd like us to point at on our, on our site, we're always welcome to put that on there. Um, and if you have news that you'd like us to talk about on the show, um, or if you'd like to be a guest, um, if you have an after action report that you'd like to talk about or um, have us talk about. Uh, go ahead and contact me in-game with an eve mail Frozen Fallout in-game. And uh, everybody have a great night.
1: Fly dangerously.